0: Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy,
1: And I'm Novi, and this is another bonus episode, so we're keeping right on our Terminator streak with Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. According to Google Movies, now 25, John Connor lives with no record of his existence. No way he can be traced by Skynet. Out of the shadows of the future steps the TX, Skynet's most sophisticated cyborg killing machine yet. Now, Connor's only hope for survival is the Terminator, his mysterious former assassin. Together, they must triumph over the technologically superior TX and forestall the looming threat of Judgment Day. It's streaming on Netflix. The critics give it a 69, and the audience a 46.
0: Ooh. That's a surprise. Wow. i sure yeah.
1: the critics give it much lower.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised at that. But, hey, we'll see. We'll see which ones we agree with more, the critics or the uh, audience. Um, this movie is one of those like immediate fucks with your head movies I think anyway it I mean it starts similarly to the others but very quickly I was like what is happening what is happening I I feel like that's going to be the quote from me for this entire series but especially for this one I don't know why I was really really confused with this one (laughs) kind of most of the way through well, and
1: I was confused the first time I saw it as well, because I did mention to you that this was the first Terminator film that I ever watched. Right. And I had very little lore before it. So imagine you hadn't had either of the first two, <laughs> and this is your first experience. Your what the fuck would have been off the charts.
0: <laughs> you know, I feel like me watching them in order and you watching three the, for the first time, if we could do time travel and put us two in the same place watching this movie... At the same time, we would have probably had the same amount of what the fuckness because I'm just so easily confused in general oh by this series. I don't know why I, I really it's I think it's because I question too many things and it's just hard for me to grasp.
1: Well, I think the most difficult part of watching this one first is you could not independently watch this movie and have it be the first one you saw of the franchise and understand the stakes that you're being told for most of the movie.
0: Yeah.
1: In two, you understand very quickly what John Connor means to this future, even if you only saw two. Mm. In three, they sort of tell you, oh yeah, he's the leader, blah, blah. They never really underscore how important this dude is Mm -hmm. and it kind of leaves the action sort of lacking because you're not invested because you don't feel like the stakes are high
0: right yeah I also kind of think they compared to the other two anyway they don't do as good a job of making me care about the characters a whole lot I mean again you care about john because of the past two movies but other than that i'm just like eh, okay you know like i was kind of shrugging through the whole movie where i don't know they've done such a good job in the past of making me care about characters even with the shit that we saw um with um sarah going through um but in this one, I just the whole time I was just like, "Make me care about these characters, please. If anything important is going to happen to them, I need to actually give a shit about them and i I feel like that didn't really ever happen.
1: well, yeah, and we'll get more into characters going forward, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about the special effects because I think this movie did a really great job with the Terminator sent back through time special effect hmm I think it honored. The spirit of the older ones and the physicality where they had the blue electricity and a burned circle of fire and then the machine rising from that. Mm -hmm. But I think the special effects that they used this time were so much better. Hmm. And it, it looked so great while still honoring what the original was going for but couldn't achieve.
0: Yeah. And it might be just like the time period like the when this was created versus the first two because again there's like another 10 years between them basically right between two and three Uh yeah so you know a lot of time passed and I think we were able to do a lot more with our special effects by that point but yeah I the series so far has just constantly made me love what they've done visually every single time
1: Oh, well, yes. And while I do agree that the time advancing probably had something to do with it, I think it's good to point out positives in this film, especially because <laughs> we might be lacking a few further down the <laughs> road. So the special Ooh. effects were great. And I love that they didn't just go, oh, well, we have so many more things. Why do we even have to do the blue lightning? It's like, yeah,
0: because
1: you have to because that's Terminator, the blue lightning.
0: Yep. yep. Well, and also um, skipping ahead a little bit, but also having to do with kind of like, you know, keeping the similarities between the movies, the slow motion movement when John sees Terminator the first time in this one in three and having that be very similar to when Sarah saw him in two. That was really, really cool. I really loved seeing that because, again, it was like. Just doing, you know, copying the same thing that happened from the previous one to connect the movies a little more to each other. And I thought that was cool.
1: It was, but it made me so sad how upset John was to learn that this was not the Uncle Bob T101.
0: I know, their connection was gone. Yeah, and... He wanted it so badly to be him.
1: And it was such a powerful scene to have him be so upset and the machine just not understand why. Yeah. Because it didn't have a familial connection to him the way he had to the machine.
0: Yeah. I think that's basically the entire movie for John. We're just like, oh, poor baby. (laughs) Like, the entire way through. I'm just like, can he just please, can he have two seconds of happiness without you ripping it out of his hands? Please. I I mean,
1: for various reasons.
0: Yeah. Poor thing. (laughs) But yeah. Um, that was, that was really hard to, to watch the, like, because he, he also is such John is such immediately such this like badass, like not attached to anything or anyone and all of that. And then, you know, the hope that he has for this being the same, like having the same kind of like connection to John that the Terminator did in the past. And then just losing that, it was, that was even more heartbreaking.
1: Honestly, I did not see John as a badass in this movie at all. I mean, just because he was physically capable, we've always known that about him. The entire time, he did not seem like a warrior. He seemed like a man resigned to a fate that he hated. That's true. There's such a deep exhaustion in him. And you can see that because he can't sleep without drugs. He has nightmares. He's just dragging himself along and trying to exist.
0: Yeah. And that's that's a very
1: different take on John Connor than we've ever had before. I mean, granted, you didn't really see him in one. Mm. But from what we're told of him in one and what we see of him in two, he has so much belief and hope that they can change things and that things will get better. Mm. And there are literally two different moments in this film alone where John contemplates killing himself.
0: Yeah. So maybe "badass" wasn't even the right word. It was just uh, sad, <laughs> sad man. I don't okay. know. Yeah, it, he. It, I guess what, what I'm, I meant more was the fact that he was just like not even a human anymore. Almost, you know, he was just kind of walking around like non-existent. Like I'm, I'm here, but I'm not actually here, and. And then he has this little, little, little bit of hope, and then that gets taken from him, too. It does. Yeah, Um. I was confused Um. about, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, I think, too, but um. about Kate Brewster and what her whole connection to the whole thing was going to be, and we'll talk more about her connection to the whole thing as we get further into the movie, but... I just want to say, going back to what I had said about not caring about these characters, we see her with her fiancé, and I know that we're supposed to like them and care about them and that something is going to happen with them, you know? But I didn't give a shit. I was like, can we please just move away from this couple that I don't know and I don't care about and move on to the actual movie? And I honestly thought they were just going to die, you know? And it was going to have some impact on John in some way, but that they weren't going to be, neither of them were going to be big characters. That's what it felt like. The only reason I felt like that can't be true is because of the actress that plays Kate. And I know that she was like like, a big star. (laughs) So I was like, she's probably not gonna die like that.
1: (laughs) Well, what surprised me about her relationship with her fiancé is you said you think we were supposed to care and find them cute. I Mm. don't even think they made it seem like Kate cared. Kate did not seem at all interested in this guy, Mm. which made it very difficult for me to care about this guy and what may befall him in the future.
0: Mm. Well, I think the, the problem for me was I didn't care about her either. So I didn't care if she cared about him. I didn't care if he cared about her. I didn't care about either of them. I didn't care about her dad. Like she calls or is on the phone with her dad and talking about how like he doesn't get to see her fiance or and maybe like you'll make it to the wedding or whatever, something like that. And I'm just like, I don't care you can't just throw a couple who's getting married into a movie and expect me to give a shit about them you haven't built them up I don't even know who the hell they are you know
1: well and they never really build them up you're supposed to care about him just by the basis of them being engaged for a second right and it never really makes it to that point they don't get as much backstory As Ginger and Matt got in Terminator 1. And I cared (laughs) about Ginger and Matt.
0: Yeah, same. And I think that's what it was for me. Even if they were going to die immediately, um, I I, I was sad that they weren't able to make me care about them. Because I was thinking back to the previous movies and how I did care about the minor characters. Well, Kate did not
1: die immediately. And I will say I thought she was kind of a (laughs) badass at first when John broke into her clinic and she did not put up with his bullshit when he was stealing her drugs. Yeah, I I thought so too. (laughs) I thought they had really good chemistry in that scene and I was excited for her to be in this movie because this franchise has shown in the past that they were really good at writing strong female characters. And Mm -hmm. when I say strong, I don't mean you have to be Sarah Connor's biceps. You can be... (laughs) Soft and feminine, and be strong, right. and I'm perfectly fine with that, and that was what it seemed like she was mm-hmm. and later on, well, she spends about the middle three quarters of the movie screaming mm-hmm. and angry and mm-hmm. pouting and stupid, mm-hmm. yep, and, and it really takes away everything I was hoping that they were trying to do with her,
0: yeah, I it was one of those things where I didn't care about her at the beginning with her fiancé, and then that scene happened, and I thought that was I, – I, I, it was, like, funny but also cool because she was being badass and all of that, you know? But it ended so quickly, I felt like, that I just was like, okay, I'm tired of you already. I, I, I kind of wish you would die already because – Like, I didn't see it going anywhere where they were going to switch it back to making me like her again, you know? It didn't feel like that was going to happen.
1: Well, I feel like they thought that in every Terminator movie, they needed one person (laughs) to be the incredulous one. Hmm. Like, in the first one, it was Sarah. In the second one, it was Miles Dyson. And now it's going to be uh, Kate. Who is just like, what? The Terminator? I don't understand this at all. A robot from the future? Because if you don't have that person, then your movie is kind of just an action movie rather than having the heart behind it. But her heart was whiny. It was. And they should have made her come around to it a little faster than they did. Mm. Because as is, or at least had her try to escape better.
0: Right, yeah. She wasn't capable of anything. I think that's what it was. We see her being this great, like, possibly badass girl when she's up against John. And then suddenly, she just isn't capable of anything. And that I think that was the most upsetting thing. About her. What? About her? Or yeah. the
1: whole movie? Because I'll tell you what's the most upsetting no. thing to me.
0: About her, I meant. Like having this like go from okay this is a boring character i don't give a shit move on to oh okay she's cool i like her keep going and then immediately to okay this isn't gonna go well she's annoying i just want her gone now and then the whole rest of the movie i felt exactly that same way like okay can you just die already then because i'm fucking tired of your wine
1: (laughs) this movie I think was supposed to be a step up in the Terminator franchise because they had a female lead, but it was also the first time they had a female Terminator. Yes. And I would like to say right now, I think Kristana Loken did a lovely job playing the TX. Mm-hmm. I think she was robotic. I think she was menacing. And I think the way that she had the effortless strength was comparable to two previous Terminators in the past. Right. And I don't even blame her for being the actress who tried to break up Corey and Sean's marriage in Boy Meets World.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that was her.
1: (laughs) It it is. Okay. So everything that I'm going to say about the TX has nothing to do with Kristana Loken or her acting job. And I want to make that very clear. (laughs) Uh She's a beautiful woman. That's fine. Like, I'm happy for her in her life that she's beautiful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> However. I'm even
1: fine with the Terminator itself being an attractive model. It makes sense that it would be because people right. are supposed to let it go places.
0: Right, yeah. She's supposed to get away with whatever, basically.
1: But I think they go out of their way to sexualize her so much mm-hmm. in the writing of this movie. Not only like, of course, she shows up naked. They all show up naked, right? But the fact that her one of her powers is to shapeshift, and the first thing we see her use it for is to give herself big old titties. Yep. And the fact that she can do DNA testing, but she has to do it by licking blood sensuously off her fingers. Yep. It's like, if you wanted a fuckbot, just make a fuckbot take it home. <laughs> like, this was supposed to be a Terminator movie, and you're not getting vagina brownie points from any feminist by making it a sex bot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think a couple of things. First of all, when she first shows up and she's naked and she's walking and her hair is covering her nipples, I was like, how? How are you covering your nipples? You're moving pretty, like you're moving quite a bit and your hair is moving and it's moved quite far off of your nipple area where it should be. And I was just constantly like, how did they do that? You don't see nipple at all. Um, And I just thought that was funny anyway. But I do think that she had some great moments, but yeah, overall I was like, you guys just put in this girl as this robot who was supposed to be sexy, who was supposed to just be like, Getting the guys off while she's acting as in this role, which is not supposed to be what she is. She's supposed to be a badass robot, you know. Um, I, and, there, I, and there, go ahead.
1: I have no problem with the badass robot being banging hot, right? But you also have to make her a badass robot, also. And right. I feel like they got so focused on being like, but then she could do this sexy thing, and then she could do this sexy thing <laughs> that they forgot to make her a badass robot ever. Yeah. Like, why would she make her boobs grow to please the cop if she was just going to kill the cop? There yeah. was no reason for her to do that, but they wrote it into the script because they wanted her to have bigger boobs.
0: Yeah, they also, kind of going back to something you had talked about, I believe in the second one, uh, review we did, Um, they gave her sort of feelings-ish when she is doing the DNA testing with the blood and not only is she licking it off of her fingers which like you said was sexualizing her but also she looks like she's having like an orgasm or something some sort of feeling related reaction happens to that because of her facial expression and again that was probably to please all of the men and some of the women who are watching the movie and are like hell yeah hot chick you know but like it was really weird and like, it felt really gross to watch it because I was like, okay, did you just get off on John Connor's blood? Is that what just happened here? Because you're a robot, you shouldn't be getting off on anything.
1: Yeah. And I did find some of her powers clever and good, though. I liked that she could access the internet via, via the dial-up on a cell phone, kind of like a mobile hotspot. Mm-hmm. But she honestly didn't seem like an improvement over the T-1000 from the last movie. It did things that she could not do that were better than what she could do. Yeah. And that's not something you want out of an advanced model from a newer movie. It right. might just be that they made Robert Patrick's Terminator so overpowered that they were just like, we can't do anything better than that. No one could survive <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't seem to be, have as many powers or be as effective as he was. Yeah. And it made me sad.
0: Yeah, I liked that he she suddenly now, instead of having, like, sword-like hands or whatever, could have a gun for a hand. I liked that she was able to control the cars um, and make them, like, go wherever she wanted and all that kind of stuff. I liked those things. Um, but, yeah, it it just felt like it was such a letdown because I was I was actually excited I'm like oh okay so they made a female Terminator all right cool and then it was just immediately again with the boob change and or like the growth of the boobs and like it just it like I, f- I kept feeling like okay they're gonna make up for that they're gonna make up for that other thing they did they're gonna make up for that other thing they did she's she is gonna have her badass moment and it was none of it was ever really like oh my gosh that's amazing.
1: And I never even got angry about them choosing a smaller woman for it because Mm -hmm. a Terminator is a metal chassis underneath. And even if it's a woman, it's going to be just as strong as Arnold's Terminator based on it being a robot with skin on top.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But the way they wrote her character was beyond anything that that actress could fix and beyond what the writers of the movie could make me like.
0: Yeah, yeah, and going back to the whole, like, sexy person thing, I'm sure that when they cast Arnold to be Terminator for these movies, it was an attractiveness decision, too. A lot of people wanted to bang the shit out of that man. So, like, it's not like it was just because it was a female, they had to have a hot girl doing it they had a, you know, a what at that time, I think at least was considered to be a hot man. And I I feel like I'm always insulting Arnold. I love him, but I just, I've never found him sexy. Um, but like, I'm sure a lot of people did. And he was supposed to be the sexy guy. We know that because every time he walked into a bar, every single woman was like, Oh my God, I want to bang you, you know? Um, So I wasn't even mad about her being the sexy robot chick. I was just upset that they were constantly going back to the sex thing. But you know what's funny is that I'm surprised that you said all this because I was expecting it just to be me and in my head because I have this issue with, like, every movie I watch where I'm like, of course the female is sexualized. Of course she is. Of course, that's what Hollywood does all the time, you know? And, like, I feel like it's such a... Repeated thing that happens for me with a lot of movies that I watch, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna ignore that and try to enjoy the movie because it's just in my head, you know. But I'm glad that this one at least wasn't.
1: Well, it's what we were saying in Terminator 2 about Lara Croft versus Sarah Connor Mm -hmm. you give me a sexualized hot ass woman, but you make her a badass with a gun if this is an action movie, and the badass part is not optional.
0: Yeah, I agree. Not if she's supposed to be the badass lead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it made me sad because neither of the women in this movie were really the badass. But then again, neither was John. (laughs) It was just the T-101. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the only badass.
0: (laughs) And I'm going to go ahead and say this already. He, that character, carried this movie, Terminator. He did. he was my absolute favorite thing in this movie. And, I mean, I'm going to say this. That's not saying a lot. <laughs> but if it weren't for him, I i don't know if I could have watched the entire movie. Because he was funny like he always was. I loved the uh, star sunglasses that he wore. And then he was like, no. <laughs> um, the he—he, he, he, I think he learns it from the stripper guy who's, like, pissed off at him because he thinks he wants to stage when he's, like, going and trying to find clothes or whatever. Um, and the stripper guy says, talk to the hand. And then Arnold says it later to somebody. And I'm like, or no, he talks to his hand, first of all, there. And I thought that was hilarious. It was one of those, like, you're not expecting it. And then I just burst into laughter with how how he delivered that line. It was great. It was. But yeah, like, he he was consistently the best thing in this movie. And then everybody else was just... I mean, I will say this. I don't think John Connor was a complete letdown. But that's probably just because he's cute. (laughs) I
1: think (laughs) it was a different take on John Connor. And I'm not mad at it. Mm. But I think the T101 being the standout of this film is actually a bad thing for the franchise. Because in both of the first films really the standout pieces were the humans and the humans were getting their time to really fight and to kind of save themselves. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, all of the action in this movie was absorbed by Arnold. Yeah. So you didn't get moments like Miles Dyson blowing himself up or like, in the first one, Kyle not making it in order to save Sarah. You yeah. don't get those really human moments that drive this franchise because it's robot time. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought it was funny, though, that the T 101 in this movie was still somewhat programmed the way that John had trained him in the first one, even though, well, the second one, mm. even though we were told that this is not the same specific robot as in t2 Mm -hmm. because he's still trying to avoid human casualties it's like why would he know to do that when john did not tell him to do that and kate did not tell him to do that
0: that's true yeah i thought that was strange because um i actually i thought it was it was one of those things where i was like that doesn't really make any sense if he's not supposed to be the same but at the same time i thought it was great because i wanted john to have that even though he didn't, I don't think he even knew, but, but I wanted him to have the relationship he had with Terminator from two, because like, that's really all he had. I think, uh, like, I just constantly want him to have somebody like one consistent person, or I guess robot who is always there and who he can rely on and who he can have like an emotional connection with. And it's, really really it's very telling that the person I guess I'm going to call him that he can have an emotional connection with is the Terminator.
1: Well yeah but that wasn't there in this movie. This was not them giving us a subtle wink that maybe the Terminator remembers and loves him too. This was shitty inconsistent writing (laughs) and I'm going to call it out. Like um... this is not Uncle Bob. Stop giving him the catchphrases. (laughs) Stop having him remember things from the second movie. Do you want to know where he was in the second movie being melted and smelted
0: together? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I just wanted him to have it. So I was, I think I was looking past that a little bit, but also honestly, I feel like this is the point in any movie series that no matter how many more of them there might be, or even if it's the last one, a lot of times You get past the second one and you're like, okay, it's all shit from here. You know what I mean? So I kind of went into this going, this is going to be a shitty movie. I am not going to enjoy this. And I was still surprised by some of the things that I really did enjoy. There There weren't a lot, but there were. And I feel like everything, looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, most of it was just Terminator related. But it had a lot of funny parts to it maybe not like hilarious I'm cracking up points to it but a lot of funny things throughout it
1: it's it do you want to know something that wasn't the Terminator that I loved what's that Dr. Silverman
0: hey this is consistent for you (laughs) it's
1: kind of wonderful that he's in this movie and he's barely even in it but he's so firmly in denial of everything that happened in Terminator 2 that he saw (laughs) Yeah. But he's just so desperate to believe it. And he just runs the second that he sees the T101. Yep. And I adore that he was in here. I think it was a comedic timing that just hit so well yep. without being like a ha ha sort of movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm talking about, though, with this movie that made me enjoy it even as much as I did because there were so many things that kind of... and, And I think it's completely based on the fact that I'm watching these back to back to back. There were so many things that were like, oh my gosh, yeah, that thing from the previous movie or from the first movie or whatever. So there were so many things that connected and I had an emotional connection to one and two. So for three... I think if I had, if, it, if they had been spaced out more, if it had been a while before, I mean, since I had seen one and two, I might have really, really hated three. But because I had just seen them and I really enjoyed one and two so much, it helped me enjoy this a little bit more because of that emotional connection. Oh, no. Well, the emotional connection
1: <laughs> will kill you. I mean, it killed John Connor in the chair. <laughs>
0: Damn it! I don't want to be John Connor. Don't kill me. But yeah, John, I, like, I think what really worked well with this, though, because, you know, we, we've been talking about how he wasn't really a badass in this one, and he wasn't. But what I think worked well with that is that we see into that this has been his entire life since he was a little tiny baby. And He hasn't had anybody who has been his emotional support. He hasn't had a mother who has actually been a mother to him. Um, And his entire life hasn't been a normal human life, obviously. And while on one hand, I'm like, okay, can we not sit there and bitch about it and just kind of deal with what we have to deal with? On the other hand, I'm like, you're 25, right? I think in this movie. You're a 25-year-old guy who has never had any normalcy and who has been through so fucking much. I can't really blame him or be upset that they gave us this other side of him, this side of him that was somehow more human, but also not because he was kind of drugged out and dead to the world almost, you know?
1: Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting that they did give us that side of John Connor, but then again, they did try to fix it by giving him a girlfriend slash future wife.
0: Oh, can we talk about that now? I've been trying yeah. to on that. I didn't need to watch a three hour long fucking love story that they were shoving down my throat with no build up at all, none. I don't give a shit if you guys knew each other for one day in school. I don't. I really don't. I don't care that you guys were each other's first kiss. None of that means anything to me because first of all, it was middle school. Second of all. They, like, suddenly fell in love. I think it was, like, I don't even know how long it was, but it wasn't that long a period of time. I think it was only, like, a a few days, right, this whole movie. And they expect us to just be like, yes, but they're in love now. And I'm like, but how? She just lost her fiancé.
1: And it took even the slight bit of emotional uh, kind of hit out of her fiancé's death because we already knew that she didn't really love him from the way she was treating him and acting at the beginning. Yeah. But then by the time he died, you knew that she and John were kind of starting a thing. Mhm. But the only reason that she wasn't doing it is cuz she had a fiance. It's like, "Oh, so you're just a plot vehicle so they'll bone a few hours later." Great. Yeah. Like I have no emotional connection to you and I have even less emotional connection to a girl who waits three hours after her fiance fucking dies to start flirting with a new guy.
0: Yeah. And like, okay, I'm going to say this. The scene where they go to, um, I guess, rescue her dad. I think that's her plan anyway. They show up there and she stands far away and is like, daddy. And I had a moment where I was like, how was this the plan that these three had to save this man? Because, yeah. like, they wanted him alive. She wanted him alive, obviously. That was her dad. But they, I think, like, their whole thing was, we need to figure out how to get to where we need to go and whatever. And this man has the answers for us. So we need him alive, right? And then they show up, and their first reaction is not to have Terminator run up and basically, like shield him from anything that could possibly happen like how is that not your first reaction that's one two she I'm sorry maybe this is just acting but she doesn't seem to be that bothered by her father's death (laughs) she really doesn't she has a moment where she cries and is like no and then she's just like yeah my dad died let's go and I'm like I mean, there's, I get the whole, like, you have to keep moving, and you can't just sit there with your dad's corpse, you know, like, he's already dead, there's nothing you can do. But I don't know, I think it was an actress thing that she just did not do a good job with that emotional, like, reaction, and it never gets brought up again later. We never hear her or see her breaking down, like, once, you know, they're past that, like, and just actually having a moment of just, like, oh my god, my fucking dad's dead, my fiancé's dead. Like, I don't, like, honestly, I don't, personally, I, and I'm a different person, obviously, but I wouldn't want to continue. Like, what the fuck's the point anymore? I just watched my dad and my fiancé die. But I guess well, when you don't love your fiancé, it doesn't hurt as much.
1: Yeah, and her dad approved <laughs> of her new husband, so. Yeah. Now... I actually really liked her dad. I thought that in his little screen time, he was very compelling. Like, he yeah. had this gut feeling that they shouldn't use Skynet, and he held it off for as long as he could, but his hands were kind of tied. If he didn't push the button, somebody else would. Uh-huh. And he had that moment where he was just like, maybe this is going to be okay, and then everyone fucking died. And his fears became real, and... yeah. I thought that storyline was really well done and was kind of easy to relate to.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think that's another thing, too, is that, like I said, they don't make me care even about John a whole lot in this movie, let alone about Kate. Um, And so it was really it 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 just was boring because I didn't care about them too much, and then the people that you do care about and want to see want to see more of like um Scott, you don't get to because they're minor characters, they're just kind of side characters you get a couple of scenes, and then that's it and so it it just it was boring because I didn't have an emotional connection to them,
1: yeah, well, I actually thought Skynet's plan in this movie was smart.
0: And it was definitely
1: something that I could see working in this film. Mm -hmm. Or even in the real world. Like, you scare the humans with a secondary threat into handing you all power. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do that in our government all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you scare us, and we will let you have everything. Yeah, look into my cell phone. Like, yeah, have all of my data records. Whatever you need to make this threat go away. And -hmm. then they have them forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, just the knowledge that it's that real, Skynet fucking had us. Yeah. And they didn't realize it at first, but they had us. Like, from minute one.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, I think maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. There was a lot of, um, I guess, technical shit that they got, right? Well, I'm not going to say a lot because I don't know some of it that they got right i think they did a good job with giving us another side of john connor i obviously love what they did with terminator because he was a different model but he was still great (laughs) you know um but then they tried really hard i think to give us the emotional shit like they've done in the other two movies too um but then they just didn't leave enough time or something i don't know To actually build it up, because they could have made, they could have made this be a thing where it's like, okay, you two are going to have to end up together, and you're gonna realize that that's going to happen, and so it's not going to immediately be like, oh my gosh, we're in love with each other. It's gonna be okay. Look, I know shit is fucked, but all we have is each other right now, so we're gonna have to work together. And I don't think they did that at all.
1: Here is where I rewrite the movie in one of the many ways that I have. Hooray. Now, after the T-101 is taken over by the evil robot, Mm. which was kind of great, by the way, especially the way he shuts himself down due to having conflicting missions and being unable to reconcile one with the other,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that was poetic as fuck. It should have been the end for that model. He should have stopped there, never come back in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They should have gotten to that bunker and had to defend each other from that Terminator and found a way to stop it themselves, at least enough, to get into that bunker and safe from it. Mm. And that would have sold that they had kind of at least started this partnership that could lead to something. Right. But the fact that they had the T-101 just come and solve all their problems for them robbed them of that moment. And I think they tried to have it. In the hallway when the drone was coming at them and John froze and Kate like got it for him, but uh, it wasn't enough.
0: No. Yeah, I think maybe they were just really focused on giving Arnold more screen time. <laughs> they were like, how do we do it? Fuck the storyline, fuck everyone else. <laughs> how do we just make this entire movie about Arnold?
1: Yeah, and it was a mistake because it made all of the main characters suffer. And I think that was a real downside of the franchise, to make the robots better than the people.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I liked all of the robot scenes better, even with what they did with the female robot. Like, I still liked their scenes better than seeing anything having to do with Kate and John.
1: Yeah, well, my favorite quote kind of relates to Kate and John, but also Hmm. kind of to Sarah and Kyle. Oh boy. Okay. At some point, the T101, after John finds out that he and Kate are supposed to marry mm. and is rather odd about it, uh, the T101 <laughs> says, your confusion is not rational. She is a healthy female of green <laughs> And I feel like that's what most of the romances <laughs> in the Terminator franchise end up being like, where it's just like, oh, you have other genitals than me. Let's fuck.
0: <laughs> yep. Basically. I just, I think in general, the way that Terminator delivers all of his lines in this movie, I, and maybe just in all of them, but the way he does it in this movie, it, because I didn't have much else to like cling to of like, this is amazing, um, his lines were always the best. Um, there's the whole, you know, him getting shot, spitting the bullet out, and saying, don't do that. That was great. Mm-hmm. That's not my favorite line, but that was great.
1: Well, oh, um, I loved the medical staff trying to treat him, realizing he doesn't have a pulse, and then trying it pick him up and it's like, well, he was weigh four hundred pounds, <laughs> yeah, because he's a robot, and it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite line?
0: My favorite line was also from uh, Terminator. He says it to John after he picks him up by his throat, because John is having his little, you know, crying attack of, but no, I can't, and blah, blah, blah. Um, And he, he lifts him up, and he's like, you're right, you're not the one I'm looking for, and all this shit, and then um, John gets all angry, and says, fuck you, and then I think he just sets him down, and he's, his line is, anger is more useful than despair. And I thought that was really going back to being poetic, and like, just a great line or uh, some great words I guess it just in general in the world
1: that was a great it is true
0: (laughs) yeah and I think especially with John you shouldn't try to get John to react based on any other emotion than anger that has been his entire existence he has been angry and he's wanted to kill not people, obviously, but I mean, like, he's wanted to go out there and, like, fix shit because he's been so pissed off at what has happened. I do also like that he was still a little shit when um Kate was talking to him about how they, like, kissed in middle school or whatever, and he's like, oh, I can't believe you still remember that and blah, 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 and he's, like, being a little dick, basically, we see so little of it, but it reminded me of John Connor in Terminator 2, who was a little shit, and it was my favorite thing about him. And it was kind of sad, though, because we don't see enough of it, and, like, the kid was tougher than the 25-year-old version of him.
1: Well, he's been living with a lot of shit for longer.
0: That's true. But and he understands he had, more.
1: He does. But he had my least favorite line in the whole movie. Oh, tell me. When Kate is running from the Terminatrix version of Scott, mm-hmm. um, then they pull up, he and the T-101 in the car, and he yells the iconic line yes. of Terminator almost, get in, you want to live, come on. Yes, he it's, ruined it. <laughs> it's like the knockoff uh, version of those Disney movies. <laughs> Where it's, like, homeward versus onward. It's like, oh, no. Uh, This is the, like, generic Terminator. That's what they have to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I had... I literally said out loud while watching it, like, really, John? You don't know the fucking line by now? That's not it. (laughs) Like, I was so pissed that he thinks... Like, he should have just said it the the same way, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, Kate said one of the funniest things in context in the whole movie, though. Hmm, Okay. When she is trapped in the back of the van and they're abducting her, she yells at John, that's the cops, you have to pull over. (laughs) Now, up to this point in the movie, he had broken and entered, burgled, stolen drugs, used those drugs, stolen a car, and kidnapped a woman. But oh, you better pull over those those cops. (laughs) The cops have lights on, you have to
0: pull over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I really tried with her to be like, okay, she's going through some shit right now. She's not in the right mind. Like, I would have reacted similarly or worse, probably, you know, out of fear. But it just was nonstop. And it was so annoying because she was constantly just saying stupid shit and pouting. And I just, I really wanted her to just, like, I felt like they should have just kept her hidden in the back of a car.
1: They should have. Now, I think what could have fixed her romance plot, though, with John, Mm -hmm. is if that guy had been her brother, they wouldn't have had to change anything except for them sleeping in the same bed. Because it seemed like she didn't really care about him. She could have had some conversation about, oh, well, me and my brother want to see you, dad. Yeah. And then it wouldn't have felt so gross that she was trying to sleep with a guy she made out with when she was a kid, like right after her brother or her brother died, you know, (laughs) if it had been her brother, at least that would have been better.
0: Yeah, I agree. It would have been better. I still wouldn't have given a shit about the love, the love storyline. It's one of those things where it's like, we've all had a person we had a crush on when we were like 12 or whatever, you know, everybody's had that. They're the like first real crush you had or whatever we remember them. Hopefully they're positive memories. Sometimes they're shit memories. That doesn't mean that when you're in your twenties, you're like, Oh, I wish I could meet this person. I still really care about them. I I, like, I miss them. And I just, I'm still in love with this person. No, first of all, you were probably not in love with the person anyway. And second of all, you're in your twenties now. You haven't seen this person since then. There's no reason for there to be strong emotions like that. And I think they were really like trying to say like no, but she cared so much about him then, so those feelings are just back now. And it's like that's not how it works though. <laughs> you don't just suddenly see somebody you haven't seen in years and years, especially when the last time you saw them you, you were a kid, you know, you both were. Um and it's not like we don't even get a big storyline of their friendship or anything like that. All we know is that they were at this party and they kissed. That's it.
1: Yeah, honestly, if you were going to sell a romance storyline with John Connor and you wanted to bring a redhead into it, I'd have believed his friend <laughs> from the second movie before I would have believed her because Absolutely. there's no context. Uh-huh. And the way they set her up did not sell it.
0: No. Yeah, especially like I felt like she was that girl who was getting married to this guy because that's just what you do when you're in your 20s and, you know, he'll do. And that yeah. made me hate her. Immediately. Oh, poor dead guy. <clears throat> now, <laughs> yeah, he deserved better,
1: probably. I don't know. <laughs> I want to know how you felt about the ending. Because um, I'm very conflicted about it.
0: I will say one thing before I say anything about the how I feel about the actual ending. One thing that I really was just like, oh, really, really about it was Kate's reaction to it. Because they're both here dealing with the same shit, having gone through the same shit, except John knows more and has experienced more and has seen more. And yet he's the one standing there going like, what the fuck, why would they do this? I can't believe this. We can't just like be the only survivor is kind of a thing, you know, and she's just like, yeah, everyone I know and love is dead. And now it's me and you. Yay. You know, I mean, she's not excited about it. But that's kind of what it comes out to be. Like, she's totally fine with this. Like she's, it's like, she's just like, okay, this is our life now. I think she'd
1: resigned herself to it and was kind of shell shocked.
0: Maybe I still hated her a lot because she didn't. I feel like she didn't have a human reaction to it. Even if you are shell shocked, I feel like there should be more of a reaction to that. And maybe it was just because it was what her dad wanted or whatever, but I don't know. Um, I I don't know how I felt about it because I had a moment where I was like, so wait, are they like Adam and Eve? Are they going to like make the rest of the world now? No, (laughs) that's, that was my initial reaction. Um, I didn't understand why there weren't more people who were able to be saved, but I think that was just me missing something in the movie.
1: That was only one bomb shelter in an odd place that was only for the people that were connected, and mm. the people who were well connected were taken out by Skynet first. Okay,
0: got it. Um, yeah, I didn't understand what was supposed to happen after that, I guess, and. Uh, Maybe if I didn't know that there was going to be another movie or like three other (laughs) movies after this one, maybe it wouldn't have been as like, oh, okay, this is weird. I don't get why this is how it ended because it didn't feel like it was enough, you know, because I knew there was going to be more movies to come. So it was like, okay, really? That's it? What now? You know? Well,
1: I found the breakdown that John had very chilling where he is just like, should I, we blow ourselves up anyway? even though we're safe in here and it can't get us, do I really want to do this? Yeah. And it was the best acting that anyone in this film did. I agree. And I thought that the twist that Skynet couldn't even be stopped and the entire second half of the movie was just kind of an exercise in futility Mm. was shockingly good. But as good as it was, it also spits entirely on the concept of Terminator 2 because the entire storyline of that movie is that there is no fate and the future is constantly being changed by your actions and you can rewrite what will happen every day with every choice you make. Mm. And the concept of this movie is that fate is fate and whether something happened 10 years ago or today, it's completely inevitable and there's shit you can do to change it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I think I it was one of those moments where I, I had a thought about this movie where I was like, they shouldn't have even named this terminator 3 they shouldn't have named the robots you know what they did they shouldn't it shouldn't have been john connor it should have been a totally separate movie that was similar you know to the uh, to the terminator movies but they shouldn't have connected it to 1 and 2 i don't know
1: i feel like it did have a connection i just think that they wrote it a little lazily i think they decided that they wanted there to be a fate and I mean, you know, you can't have them prevent Judgment Day and then still have a third Terminator movie. So there has to be a reason that it happens. Well, I I, think that's what they were trying to say when hmm. they said, oh, well, John and Kate made out in Mike Ripkey's basement 10 years ago before what happened. And now it's 10 years into the future and they're together again so what was fated to happen on Judgment Day is just going to happen 10 years later or something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's like, it's like when you watch a movie and you're like, I don't really like how it ended or what happened in it, certain things, and then you go and you write fan fiction about it. That's what this was to me.
1: Well, do you want to know my fan fiction change that makes <laughs> this movie better or maybe worse? I'm not
0: sure. Worse just <laughs> Ooh,
1: tell me. Throughout this movie, the TX really never seemed like a real threat, did it? Not really. It just kind of came off as the thing that was distracting them while Skynet did its real damage in their computers. Mm. If we had found out in the end that she was basically the Terminator version of Candy Crush that was meant to, like, waste their time and slow them down until they missed their chance to shut Skynet down. (sighs) I would have been so happy, and it would have been a great ending where they missed their chance, and then the Terminator is just like, I have nothing left to do now. My job wasn't to kill you.
0: <laughs> wow. That would have been better, yeah. Well, I think, I think that was my thing, though, with the ending of this movie. Like... <sighs> It just felt like, you know how in, um, I think they must have done it in both one and two, where you think the Terminator, the like the Terminator, the bad Terminator in either one is dead and then they're not. And then like, there's another big fight scene that happens and you're like, oh my gosh, someone's going to die. Who's going to die? What's going to happen? Like that, like anxiousness that you feel was so lacking in this movie that I felt like at the end, it wasn't really the end. I felt like there was supposed to be more. And maybe that's because the lead human characters didn't really do anything badass. They didn't, like, get their moment. So I felt like there was supposed to be more. And it just, it felt really, yeah, it felt, I mean, lazy is a good word for it. It just felt like they weren't sure what to do.
1: And nobody was trying hard enough to do anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I felt like maybe this is what it is. I felt like John Connor through the entire movie. I was watching the movie like I was John Connor, especially at the beginning of the movie where he was like, "I give up. I fucking don't want to do this shit anymore." And I guess at the end of the movie too because he was just like, "Nope, fuck it. Let's just blow ourselves up." um That's kind of what I felt like watching it. Like I don't know why this is even a thing. I'm kind of done already. You know,
1: I will say this though: as much as I've been shitting on it for the past like hour. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's kind Uh, of like a pretty standard action flick. mm -hmm. I don't think it's up to the Terminator quality. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think it's like obnoxiously inherently shitty. Like I could watch it again and have an okay time. It's just not ever going to be my first choice.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) Now I'm curious how um, we've rated it and (laughs) how (laughs) very different our ratings are probably going to end up being based on that.
1: Would you like to know?
0: Yes, please.
1: I gave it a 68. Oh. (laughs) I don't, as I said, I don't think it's that bad a movie. But, and the ending was so great.
0: Mm, but mm. I
1: think it tore down the most interesting concepts from Terminator 2, and it didn't add anything great in the place of those concepts. Right. And I think it's kind of sad to water down the Terminator to the point of this, just because Robert Patrick's T-1000 T- in the last one mm. was so incredible.
0: Yeah. And
1: to go from that villain to something that they are so unworried about that they call the Terminatrix.
0: Yeah, seriously. It's just kind of sad. Yeah.
1: Like, I want better for our female killing machines.
0: (laughs) I I don't want any killing machines at all. But yes, if there's going to be a female one, I want them to be as badass, if not more. At at
1: least Dr. Evil's fembots had nipples that could shoot (laughs)
0: That's true. Have we learned nothing? Oh wait, that movie came after, didn't it? Actually, I don't know if it did. But um, and what
1: did you rate it?
0: Uh well, I think it's pretty clear that I didn't like this movie. Um, I gave it forty five percent. Yeah, I loved Terminator. Um, in T. What is it? One hundred and one, right? Yes. Um, I loved T one hundred and one. I liked getting to see other sides of John and especially because he is older and he's been through a lot more and he understands a lot more and all of that. And I, I, like, I enjoyed all of that. Um, there were parts of the movie, like the action parts of the movie that I did enjoy at times and that kind of stuff. But overall, I just didn't care about the movie the entire time and was just kind of waiting for it to be over. And it made me sad because I had enjoyed one and two way more than I would I thought I would have not to say that I didn't think the terminator movies were great it's just I didn't have this huge like childhood nostalgia connection to it or anything like that so going into it now as an adult I was like oh they're probably going to be such shitty movies you know that I'm going to enjoy fine but I'm not going to love them and 3 just kind of let me down because I did enjoy 1 and 2 so much so I think I'm rating it a little unfairly because I'm not rating it on its own I'm rating it compared to the other two a little bit. But I there's I don't I can't imagine myself going back and choosing to watch it again.
1: I I knew you'd hate it. I was looking so yeah. forward to this review because the second she made her boobs grow, I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna hate this movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know what's funny is I even talked myself out of hating it for that reason. Cause I like I knew that I like I I hated that and I knew the way I am about movies like I explained earlier so I was just like okay just look past that there's gonna be other shit that's gonna be good and then I'm like where's the other shit that's good (laughs) and it just never really happened and I don't like when they give me a female character that's the lead character and they just make her awful like she wasn't like this horrible horrible person it's just I just didn't give a shit about her and at a certain point because she wouldn't stop whining I didn't want her around anymore and I swear it's not my fault guys.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully in the next 3 movies in the series they can get back to the kind of female characters that we're used to I hope from so. this franchise. I really which hope is so. hot, tough gun.
0: Yes. Yeah, not don't take shit from anybody and don't wait for a man to step in into it for you.
1: <laughs> Amen. Uh, I guess we will see though because in our next bonus episode in two weeks, we're going to be covering Terminator Salvation from 2009, starring Christian Bale and Sam Worthington.
0: Yep, and in the meantime, guys, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at, millennials at the movies, on Twitter at MillennialsATM, and my personal Twitter is amy. that's A-M-I underscore movies.
1: And mine is Cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit.
0: We'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye.